This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेन द पब्लिक पेज द पब्लिक इज सर्व एंड एडवर्टाइजर्स पे एडवर्टाइजर सर्व प्लीज सब्सक्राइब टू न्यूज लॉन्ड्री गो टू न्यूज लॉन्ड्री डॉट कॉम एंड कॉन्ट्रीब्यूट और कॉन्ट्रीब्यूट टू एन एल सेना वी आर डूइंग रिपोर्ट फ्रॉम अराउंड द कंट्री वी नीड मनी एंड रिसोर्स ऑफ दैट एंड एज यू नो वी डोंट टेक एनी मनी फ्रॉम एडवर्टाइजर्स वी डिपेंड ऑन ओनली यू बिकॉज वेन द पब्लिक पेज द पब्लिक इज सर्व अनादर लिटल अनाउंसमेंट आई हैव यू कैन ऑफकोर्स गो न्यूज लॉन्ड डॉट कॉम slash subscription on newsland.com/sena but if you want you can also paypal us the money you can paypal it to prashant at newsland.com that is p r a s h a n t prashant at newsland.com hafta is free remember the last one was also free and it's going to be free for another two weeks many of you tagged your friends and helped us reach more people so do that tag 10 of your friends send us a screenshot and we'll send you some goodies from newslandry so spread the word as long as hafta is free let others get piece of it and finally we have a new batch of the naxalbari comic amar bari tomar bari naxalbari many of you have been asking for it well you can order it mail us at contact at news laundry and in the in the subject line write amar bari or naxalbari and we will send you a copy of course you'll have to pay for it so yeah those are my announcements now let me introduce the panel we have our own in house team of manisha i was about to say koirala manisha <laughs> pande anand vardhan who wasn't with us last week he's here Madhu Trehan, hey Madhu. Hello. Uh, and there's a crude shooting Madhu because I think they're making a documentary film on her. So yeah, you see that. <laughs> and quite. let us introduce our guest, Kishor Desai. Before I Hello. tell you that, other than the fact that me and Kishor worked together in '96-'97, when was it, Kishor? Long, long time ago. Yeah, very long time ago, thousands yeah. of years. Yeah. So she's an Indian author and columnist. Her first novel, Witness the Night, won the Costa Book Award in 2010 for best first novel in the UK, and it's been translated into 25 languages. My God! Congratulations. So they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> It was shortlisted for the Authors Club First Novel Award and longlisted for the Man Asian Literary Prize. One of her critically acclaimed novels, Origins of Love, was published in June 2012. She also has a biography of Darling Ji, the true love story of Nargis and Sunil Dutt. How oh, nice! I always was fascinated by how Sunil Dutt used to, you know, talk yes. to her with this this like great respect. I yeah. mean, he always called her Mrs. Dutt. Mm. He never called her Nargis. That was there. That's why he called it Miss. Uh, I mean, in the book, that's why we refer to her as Mrs. Dutt a lot of the time. And it's called Darling Ji. The way they used to address each other in private in their letters. And finally, she has written. Chaliyamwala Bag. It's her latest book. It was published in 2018. I will, you know, let her tell you more about it. But it is very topical because, as you know, recently Britain refused to apologize for Chaliyamwala Bag. They have said we regret. Yeah. And maybe Madhu can explain the difference. Audacity the of it. I thought they apologized. I thought regret means no. Regret does not mean an apology. Okay. Regret means I feel bad for you. Sorry means I was responsible. I'm sorry. True. So. Uh, That's that's the panel. Uh, Kishor, we'll just get to your book, but first let us just go over the headlines, and then we will get into the discussion. Before I go over the election headlines, Manisha, you have the regular headlines. Yes. So after 25 years, Jet Airways will ground itself tonight. The last flight will fly tonight at 10:30 p.m. from Amritsar to Mumbai to Delhi. Uh, meanwhile, the pilots, the Jet Airways pilots, have appealed to SBI for funds. They've also asked PM Modi to save about 20,000 jobs. A couple from Pune have sought, uh, have gone to the SC and said that uh, filed a petition to allow women into mosques. They were inspired after the Sabri Mala judgment, and the court also said that we'll take of note of this because of the Sabri Mala judgment. 
Uh, Le Monde, which is a French newspaper, came out with a report uh, this week. Uh, they reported that French authorities waived off taxes worth 143.7 million euros for Anil Ambani's France-based telecom company. Um, this tax he had to pay after a disputed tax litigation, and this was cleared. The French embassy, after this report, said that the Indian government had no role to play in settling and this. And apparently, they also waived taxes for Apple. Yeah, that is what was said. But uh, the key point is that the embassy and the government, both in India, said that the Indian government had nothing to do with settling this. This is next up. Uh, last hafta, we'd announced that Julian Assange was arrested at the Ecuador embassy in London. Um, this week, journalists and authors in India like Enra, Marunthati Roy have, uh, wrote a petition to set Julian Assange free. They feel this is an attack on the free press and this was a statement made by some others also. Jalianwala Bagh Centenary happened and the UK envoy visited the memorial and expressed regret uh, for the shameful act. Theresa May expressed regret. But they didn't apologize. But they didn't apologize. <laughs> And Lal Bahadur Shastri's grandson has sent legal notice to Vivek Agnihotri over the Tashkent files. It's I'm not really clear about what exactly his problem is with the film, but he's with the Congress and apparently he's not happy with the film. Hmm. Uh, Reuters journalists who reported on Myanmar's Rohingya massacre have won the Pulitzer Prize. That's great news, but they're still in jail. Wow, okay. Mm. Yeah. And in election-related news, the usual, you know... Shit fest of all sorts of people saying all sorts of crappy things. But other than that, other stuff also happened. The accused of the Malegaon terror blast case, um, who is out on bail, Sadi Pragya is the BJP's candidate from Bhopal. I think that is a huge talking point. BSP is bank balancing and BJP is still the richest player in town. So apparently, check this out. The Bahujan Samaj Party has 670 crores deposited in eight banks across the national capital region. How about that? Congress is the third largest bank balance. My God, can you imagine? BJP is still the richest party with 1027 crore, which they showed in their financial year car closing. But bank balance, the BSP ka sabse bada hai. But then where does that mean? Where is, where's the BJP's money then? If BSP has the biggest bank balance. Theirs is in what? Bonds, electoral bonds. In then, sealed covers. Then EC Baz, <laughs> Menka Gandhi, Azam Khan from campaigning after the crackdown on Mayavati and Yogi Ritinath because everybody is going nutters making strange speeches. There is an S, uh, FIR against Azam Khan for his khaki underwear remark. I saw that speech. He is a repeat offender. He and Mulayam Singh have always been talking all sorts of crappy stuff. But uh, I really don't know how much of an impact this has. Then BJP tells the election commission that Namo TV will only air pre-authorized content. But apparently, even in places that are going to the polls now, some of those states or cities, Namo TV is available. So... I don't know, like, typically, like, Indian, no one really gives a shit about rules. We do what you want to do. Then, uh, worrying that fake letters are being signed by vested groups, says Nirmala Sitaraman. This is in reference to a letter that was put out last week, signed by, what, 157 veterans? And two former military men, and one of them, I think, was a former chief, said they didn't sign the letter. Later, it appeared that they had signed it, but they had second thoughts. So that became a big talking point on prime time. Political parties must disclose donation of electoral bonds in a sealed cover to the Supreme Court. They've told the Election Commission, as usual, this whole sealed cover business because the rest of us are too to chat to know anything. Only your honor should know everything. I find this whole sealed cover business so ridiculous. Then the High Court sets aside the gag order in the defamation case by BJP's Tejasvi Surya. This is big for the freedom of the media. Those of you who don't know, this young 26, 28-year-old candidate from Bangalore uh, who has tweeted out some really wild stuff in the past which she deleted which I don't know why they do people keep screenshots 
he had put a case i mean he had got his a, a gag Steve. order on on the local media not to say anything derogatory about him whatever that means but of course high court said piss off of course that's not possible then the karnataka ambassador election commission ambassador rahul dravid won't be able to cast his vote because his vote has been deleted from the voter list i still don't understand how these voters list work in fact we have two interns working checking everybody's in office and their families names and how many of us have been struck off then the president cancels election in vellore after more than 11 crore received from dmk leader what i have understood is there were 240 crore seized in all in different parts of the state why only vellore cancelled 20% of it was found in tamil nadu but there was directly i think it was from the party office like it was directly the dmk guys okay so there was a clear sort of a political connection there and then navjot singh sidhu after mayawati also says unite uh, he it's it's for the muslims you must vote together against bjp and mr ashok gehlot mentions the president's caste in an election speech not an election speech in a press conference saying that he was made president because of his caste both these things in fact are being seen as something that is a big deal or a violation i think this is where we go a bit too far into the zone of political correctness i don't see how this is a violation of anything it's just exercising someone's fundamental right to free speech and it's also not untrue so if in law there's a truth as a defense this is a defense as good as any other but we'll come to all that later first kishwar welcome thank you Your book Jallianwala Bagh 1919 the real story tell us what this is about uh, who all you spoke to when you wrote this uh, and why did you think this is a book that needed to be written uh, well uh, firstly i do want to say thank you for calling me because uh, as you know this is the last two weeks have been very very crucial since this was the centenary uh, last week was a centenary week 13th of april we completed 100 years of jallianwala bagh and i also want to just quickly jump into the discussion that you were having and then i'll go back to the book about the apology and uh, regret, regret. Uh, now apparently and this again not being a lawyer i found this rather strange that if you regret you do not have any financial liabilities but if you apologize you end up with financial liabilities oh my so god so which is what they were the british so as always keeping the kohinoor safe yes mm. not only the kohinoor i mean all the shiprodos stuff yeah. which went to which victoria the albert british museum, museum is full of yes you can't imagine yes. how large their indian collection y- it is. is it is it's bigger is, than any yeah. anything i've seen in india with four museums put together absolutely so my point is this was something which was told to us privately because we had formed a group and we had decided to approach the uh, british parliament theresa may my husband even wrote to her etc trying to say that look this is the right time it is good for you as well because you look so such a different government to the one hmm. that existed in 1919 you no longer look racist you you look much more inclusive you understand that india has come a long way so just say that you're sorry but this was explained to us off the record also and then it came on record that it is the financial liability that is keeping them away from actually going apologize the apologize means yes. exposure to financial yes. liability yes and so regret. that's one side of it and also they are a conservative government don't forget whereas a labor uh, yeah yeah uh, jeremy corbin helpfully said that there should be a full fledged full blown apology and he really does want to want us to have it so let's see if he's elected as it might just happen sometime next year we might get that so but the com- japanese yeah they've apologized 
Yeah. And there's no financial. And I, I recall ah, that yes. Obama apologized. What about Kamagata Maru? That's uh, Trudeau apologized. Yes. Uh, uh, our Dr. Manmohan Singh apologized. For 84. For an 84. I never saw anybody, uh, you know, getting slammed with too many of these financial, uh, financial liabilities. Maybe ah, so there they is, have, that's what there I was wondering. Yeah. That no one so, in India would want them no, to pay and up. So no, you're quite right. Because when I did talk to the survivor, uh, the, the families of the people who died, you know, so the descendants, none of them really spoke about this. They all said that it would be something only befitting to the memories of the martyrs if the, the UK did apologize. And nobody mentioned money. But of course, you know, we are just Indians, we're greedy, we're this. So I ended up thinking that, you know, hello, it, things have not really changed. Yeah. They still think of us as in the same the, the way, savage grabby who wants to. little savages. Yeah. They will come after us and they are going to take away, uh, you know, our wealth. So I don't know how much wealth they'll have after Brexit, but anyway. So uh, I come to the book. Now, the book I found um, when I started working on it, and I started working on it really, uh, Abhinandan, oh, can I call you Niku? That's you can how call I me Niku, yes. <laughs> That's how I know you. Yes. Uh, so, Niku, you know, I was working on the Partition Museum at that time. And the Partition Museum is based in Town Hall, which is very close to Jallianwala Bagh. It's like two minutes from there. And, okay. and the other side is the Golden Temple. And mm. it is all in, in you know, it's in one about five square, minutes. Right. Yeah. Correct. Five minutes from each other. And at that time, uh, I we discovered this photograph which showed that Town Hall had been burnt in 1919. And... I did not know this, that, you know, that whole street, Hall Bazaar, had, there had been riots and many buildings in Town Hall at that time, around Town Hall at that time and Hall Bazaar at that time had been burnt. And it did not say 13th of April. These photographs were dated 10th of April. So definitely, uh, you know, being a journalist you know, ever having worked with Madhu, I think my mind started uh, functioning that I have to find out what happened on the 10th of April. So it became a journey of discovery. And what I also discovered is how little we actually know about the events that preceded Jallianwala Bagh and that came after Jallianwala Bagh. So that's Bagh. what this book that's, is about, that yes, what, what was the yes. build-up and the aftermath. Aftermath, which is also very horrible. In and, what and sense it, is it horrible? It's macabre. I mean, you cannot, you cannot believe Leave the kind of sadistic tortures that are inflicted on the people of Amritsar, even those who have just had relatives and other people Person shot recovering dead. from the shock yeah, of Jalimala. Yeah, and even including the people who are there, who were there and who have been shot, they are picked up, they're taken to jail, they're tortured in, in jail and so on. Because of why? Because apparently they they had committed a great act of sedition by gathering at Jallianwala Bagh because that meeting had very conveniently banned just the very morning on the 13th, uh, Dyer has gone around and said this is going to anybody who, who gathers anywhere is going to be attending a band meeting and I'm going to shoot them if they do that. And he does not make this announcement anywhere, Jallianwala Bagh. People are not stopped from entering that place. But, Nico, even before that, Punjab has already been suffering. It's right. It's been completely a very brutal regime under Sir Michael O'Dwyer, who's then the lieutenant governor of Punjab in 1919. And indeed, before that, where he has already repressed many movements, including the Gadarites, whom we've also forgotten now, that how brutal the treatment of the Gadarites was. And they were rebels. I mean, basically, they were trying to get independence. This was 
much, much before uh, anybody else in India was fighting for independence, they already were. And this was on the day of Baisakhi that, that the firing the, happened? The firing happened, yes. On Baisakhi so, Eve or uh, the day no, of Baisakhi? No, no, on the day. 13th, on day. 13th of April was Baisakhi. It was a Sunday. And that was the day that uh, the firing takes place in the evening. Okay, I just want to go around the panel yeah. on this. Um, I mean, of course, we all are outraged by you know what the British did. But as far as the apology is concerned, you know, purely as observers of politics or international politics, how important do you think it is? As, as Indians, yes, it is. But otherwise, just if you look at it, what is the importance of it, you think, historically? Uh, as an Indian, I couldn't care less. Hmm. But if I was British, I would be concerned. I would want my British government to apologize because it re- represents a certain way of thinking and what you want your national character to be. So the Japanese find it very easy to apologize. Americans find it a little more difficult, but they have. Mm. And obviously the Brits have a a real serious problem with it. So I think it's uh, this legal thing that it's financial and people will make claims. Uh, Well, so many apologies have come across in in Manmohan Singh apologized for the 84 riots and nobody's Mm. filed cases for financial restitution. So I don't accept that. Anand? Okay, I mean, I mean, national psyches have this need for reconciliation with historical memory. And uh, in for that, apologies f- play a part. Uh, I think in 1967, I'm forgetting the name, a book on Jalyawala Kim. He was a history professor. I think he was the first to document all the, um, the declassified hunter committee. Uh, Dutta. Uh, Dutta. Dutta. A Dutta someone, yeah. We and Dutta. We and Dutta. So um, his daughter has interviewed her. So he used uh, Hunter Committee documents also. Hunter Committee was appointed to look into it and uh, its papers were um, classified for long and it it was released and he did. If uh, in that time also when the book came out, uh, the reporting in newspapers saw that there was a call for some apology, means uh, means limited to academic circles. That was not any kind of popular movement for it but uh, uh, yes uh, I think with so many decades uh, having passed away uh, the bitterness has somehow mellowed down and uh, now the apology even if it comes would not serve that instrumental purpose if it came earlier it won't seem genuine or sincere like it would have had it come without being extracted like a molar Hmm. I think it's very important to apologize uh, both for India and for the UK. I don't think decolonization is complete without the colonizers really admitting to the full extent of what they did. Otherwise, you'll still have movies like you have Churchill where he's eulogized even despite his role in the Bengal famine. And I think just an acknowledgement of the fact that they you know, really fucked up for 100 years, they screwed around with the country. It's very important for the white world to recognize that. And I think the UN also in some cases, like they told Belgium to apologize for what they did in Africa and Congo, which was again terrible. I think it's 
very incumbent on them to sort of recognize and and especially now when you have a world order where everyone's sort of closing down like there is talk of uk for people you know for and english acknowledgement and acknowledgement of yeah. historical Absolutely. injustices yeah, injustices some, some basic no, human no and this was not just one injustice that's what i you know i mean if you read my book you would find that there was as i said before there was a huge repression happening in punjab which is very different to what was happening in the rest of the country mm. rest of the country was also racist i mean it wasn't like it was a wonderful regime anywhere else but it was particularly hard and it was also awful because later on they imposed the martial law orders which make it absolutely horrendous so you have that like those uh, crawling orders where people are forced to crawl on their belly you know they cannot go through a particular street that is the only way that they can reach their homes uh, women inside those homes are starving they're dying people are grabbed from anywhere else they're whipped in public they they have no mm. for for minor indiscretions you know maybe they they didn't know how to salute dire when he came along uh, you know that kind of thing in lahore 64 because it's a story of undivided india really Uh, and undivided punjab in lahore 64 martial law orders are passed within 2 months which means practically you know you are passing one or two orders every day and these were ghastly like Madhu, these were demeaning these were demeaning sure. I mean, and and shocking orders I get and we were like slaves they and and they themselves say yeah, no that indians make very good slaves this is what they say and they bomb gujranwala they bomb like madhu people. was talking about the museums yeah. there i met a british guy once and he said as a kid i used to go to these museums and the yeah. labels would say from india from wherever so he asked his parents and he said my parents said these were all gifts so as a kid he was like were we such nice people that everyone was like gifting us you the know, world just, was gifting us stuff just to so pick I think up, for yeah. them to know that yeah. dude you really really gifts. screwed yeah. up robbers. for Basically, their own we people are to know yeah. I think I saw yeah. an interview uh, somebody was doing with two British girls school, school kids both top A students uh, studying history and this interviewer asked both of them that do you have you heard of jallianwala bag and they said no. no is it in your curriculum no so in british history uh, classes nobody talks about it so their history is completely is different yes totally yeah without literally the whitewashed yes, yes. absolutely you know the other thing is also when there. we started setting up the partition museum that was the other horrific thing we found when people visited it especially from the uk this is the first time they even understood and we had little kids coming to us they had no idea that these this was at one stage the same country and that it had been divided but in this particular case it's truly awful because they have no idea at all and which is why we are trying to now set up these exhibitions which have gone to the UK and they've been set up in Manchester and London and so on okay. so that people there can understand what happened I have one question um may seem a little provocative I'm not doing indulging in what about it let me put this out there what the british did they should apologize for absolutely my question is why do we not seek a similar apology and this was sparked off by the twitter battle between ba- harsimran badal and amrinder singh and how many of you followed it uh, harsimran badal who is a minister and the wife of uh, the deputy the former deputy chief minister of punjab and uh, daughter in law of badal saab harsimrat kaur badal she is uh, she tweeted that uh, captain amrinder singh must have said that you know the british government should apologize she said Captain Amrinder is seeking apology from British government for Jallianwala Bagh massacre. What about an apology from the Gandhi's Operation Blue Star? And then she says, uh, Captain Amrinder Singh took Rahul Gandhi to Sri Akal Takht Sahib, but lacked courage to ask him to admit that 
the Congress sin of demolishing Sikhs' highest religious temporal seat with tanks and mortars. What a contrast. To this, Amrinder said, did you, your husband, office of Sukhbir Singh Badal or his father, Prakash Singh Badal, ever apologize for your great-grandfather's Sardar Sundar Singh Majithia's lavish dinner to General Dyer on the day of the Jallianwala Bagh massacre. He was later knighted in 1926 really? for his loyalty and his deeds. This I didn't know. So, so what was your response? So, uh, nothing. Uh, so, the point is that we know even the uh, Sindhyas, they, you know, decided not to help Rani Jhansi when she needed them most. Any royal who is worth more than bankruptcy today is so because they sided with the British and were active participants in that. And also, and I don't hold this against, for example, the Gurkhas. They were contractual warriors. If you contracted them, they fought for you. So they were a part of, you know, uh, is it because like Manisha said, they were colonizers and this apology will be an acknowledgement of colonizers. So we have to seek it from them and not from the rest. Or then if you're seeking it for injustice is done, what about an inj- seeking it from every single royal in India who still, you know, have the swagger of uh, Vasundhara Rajesh Sindhya or an Amrinder Singh or the, the Chatta Bhatta, you know, 10th concubines, 4th child's 5th nephew. Like, why do they get a fucking so, free pass? So can I just add to this that there are plenty of instances, uh, Nico, of collaborators, even in Punjab. And this is why uh, they were, the British were successful, as you know, of running this huge country with just a f- handful of officers because they were collaborators at that time. And in Punjab, it was uh, particularly much worse because you could, you, they were recruiting agents for soldiers. So not all the soldiers who went and fought those battles went willingly. They were actually recruiting recruited by agents who okay. then became, became were given huge tracts of land so why talk almost just about slavery. the royal they, it was almost slavery and they were the, the, the agents got huge tracts of land so mm. the, the Rai Bahadurs and all those titled mm. uh, people mm. that you do know of uh, and the people who were knighted and so on mm. always had that kind of a background that they sure. came from that closeness to the British and that is why somebody like Michael O'Dwyer was able to suppress and oppress the ordinary people and that is why Jallianwala Bagh comes as such a strong uh, statement, you know, because this was a movement. It was the Anti-Rowlet Act movement. It was a satyagraha that people were doing very peacefully in Jallianwala Bagh when they were attacked Absolutely. by Dyer. I think it was a turning so point was, of even how turn- the world perceived no, the British. And also because the people themselves rose. You mm. see, there's a difference because they were tired of being oppressed right. between, as you said, the British and, and, and all their allies, but what, of what, which were a vast number. Of, what about of the rest of the panel? About the point I made about the... Yes, yes mm. that is correct. In fact, uh, if you look back at history in Punjab, the case of uh, local elite being stooges of the British is far more clear. So uh, that is one thing. If we even go further back, even the 1857 revolt was a revolt because of uh, was a revolt of the local elite, the local rulers, mm. uh, because they couldn't get uh, favorable contracts, favorable uh, terms of uh, ruling. Yeah. Ruling. Uh, uh, so uh, someone uh, say as a scholar or a revolutionary like Karl Marx read it wrong uh, as a as a correspondent for New York. Tribune, 
Marx was writing about 1857 revolt uh, and in his dispatches he forced to fitted his theory and said that it, it is the revolt of the local uh, the proletariat against, against, the uh, against the imperial bourgeoisie. <laughs> no, it was not. It was a poor piece of journalism from Marx and, uh, and a very sorry piece of historiography. I so see. it was just uh, the armed reaction or armed revolt, if you may say, of the local elite. Because, right. yeah. Uh, Madhu, you have a view on that before I read the letter, Manisha? I wouldn't be so harsh on collaborators, A, because I don't think there was a concept of like India as a nation back then. So there were kingdoms, some kingdoms decided, okay, this is going to be good for us. Others decided, okay, this may not be good for us. There could be many survival reasons why this happened. So I mean, it's a very different so uh, phenomenon from, from what colonization was. Sure. Okay, I'm going to read one quick email, then we shall move on to some of the other stuff. But before we do that, um, the book is called Jalia Mala Bagh, 1919, The Real Story. And uh, it is written by Kishwar uh, Desai. And uh, we shall talk more about Kishwar when we used to do journalism together in the 90s, with news track. Uh, but we will talk a little more about that. But I have this email. This email is from RH. Call me RH. The reason for anonymity across many people writing in could be because Newsroni listeners know other Newsroni listeners and it's like <laughs> getting teased in school the next day by people who heard you call in on MTV Select or FM Radio to make a request. Oh, wow. <laughs> so RH says, for two episodes in a row now, you have had guests who absolutely derailed the discussion pattern with one who had too much to promote and the other who had too much to say. The latter, to begin with, was a terrible listener in too much of a self-centrist pursuit to make a point and just had way too much to add with little substance. Just one reference after another that got to the same point without making it better or different. Glad Madhutrihan taught him some old school values by guiding his attention to the importance of listening to people finish their part before scripting your reply. Well done. <laughs> Speaking for myself, I believe that Hafta brand has built on the stable voices that form the core of the panel. There is a combination of humor and banter led with plenty of sense, experience and insight that clearly works. Abhinandan was almost like the kid who got his cool new friend to meet his old friends and was trying hard to get them to like him and tried way too hard making sure the new friend is not bored or feeling left out either. Who Disaster. This, this he's talking about um, uh, Sudipto Mondal. Oh, okay. So actually, I have never I met Sudipto in my life. I didn't feel that. That was yeah. the first time I met Sudipto. No, I think uh, I can understand where he's coming from because, you know, whenever we have a guest on Skype, because of the delay in um, yes. conversation, there's a lot of overlap. Hmm. And when you start a sentence, then he starts, then you keep quiet. and then yeah. So one was that. So actually, uh, RH, Sudipto wasn't here. So some of that overlap was... Actually, no one's also fault. Also, when he can't see what we are saying or who's speaking, and it's and a weird. Yeah. Not all of us are in his frame. So, yeah. if someone on my left suddenly makes a body language to talk, he can't see, so he yeah, continues yeah, yeah, talking. Yeah. So, ideally, we yeah we should try to have people in here with us. Off the top of my head, the best episodes have been with Saurabh Devedi, Manu Joseph, Gautam Bhatia, Hartosh, Ravish, and a few more journalists whose names I don't recall. Should have done a book review with Saba, like they do with Lalan Top, and let her go berserk with her book. And Sudipta <laughs> would have been should be an NL interview feature. If you start NL Sena segment just to fund interviews with Abhinandan, I'm certain people would find, fund that and you will not have to wait for someone to be in Delhi to pull this off. Hmm. The promos about the articles, well, I'd love to do that RH, but I just don't have the time to travel so much for interviews these days, but hopefully I will be able to do that soon. And then, awful and awesome, he's uh, commented upon, he really likes Daily Dose, he says it's doing well, and really appreciate the effort and time that goes into all the content that you guys do. Uh, in the midst of a quick comment on salaries, appraisal, and the lack of funding that you guys face, it's a stellar attitude and character trait to have. Yes, 
not getting salary is bill's character remember that guys <laughs> okay it got, means got we'll, the message <laughs> we'll continue to help and support every way that i can <laughs> have a good weekend and thanks again for what you do thanks rj for that email i'll keep that in mind when we you know uh, do other content and news but thank you for your support and uh, yeah thanks for everything hmm. now if i can quickly come to this i'd like to start this way and travel from right to left i don't have a position on this and it was funny because my niece asked me you know cuz kids ask you simple questions bhai acha aadmi hai ki bura aadmi julian assange to maine ka yaar sunaye that bahut hi wo bhadda ke sab ka insaan hai he was getting sex workers into the embassy or wo bathroom pata nahi ganda chhod deta tha aur kya kya karta tha aur exactly i know it is like it's just no i think but i think that is a bit i think it's a bit they just demonizing him so that they can just but that has nothing to do and a very good whatsapp forward i got that has nothing to do with what he did yeah it's like saying ki bhai dekho wo he digs his nose but that other person is a terrorist so bhai theek hai the judge exists knows never mind but his judgment was sound so but at the same time he unloaded a lot of content like the hillary mails you know he became this partisan playing politics he was not doing journalism anymore is my is my view but at the same time what he did was huge uh, what was that uh, person who saved prison time who's become a woman now chelsea from, manning chelsea yeah chelsea manning yeah that entire was made possible because of what Julian Assange did and Manning got a pardon from Obama if I'm not wrong uh, very late in the day but yeah yeah but he did kind of acknowledge mm-hmm. that okay that person was wronged so madhu provide an answer to that person who asks you Julian Assange dare does he deserve to be punished or not good man bad man see i think Julian Assange represents the new kind of um i wouldn't call him a journalist because he's not out there digging up stories or reporting or interviewing people what a journalist does what he did do enable uh hacking and that is different journalism is not hacking it could be part if you hack someone as part of a story even that's forgivable it's one tool in a larger project yeah so this was just that so he's a he's a hacker and then as you notice as he goes along he's extremely partisan he's a he conservative he's a political player he's yeah. a political player he's a conservative he's a supporter of donald trump and um, is he he's a supporter of donald trump well, i think he was so. anti hillary but i don't think he was he, pro donald yeah, trump but, yeah. i mean not anti hillary yeah. but he, uh, yeah but he allowed dushman ka dushman dost hota hai no like there are people who are anti congress in india but they're not so i've seen two, uh, i've seen two interview uh, i've seen two documentaries on him and i also saw him in conversation in the wales uh, ray on he on rai uh, book festival where he was on the dais and the audience really slaughtered him and he mm. was defending himself after the leaks now what i do object to is w- the most objectionable thing to me is that a journalist will sift through all the material and put in what is relevant and make a story out of it what they did was they just hacked everything and dumped it all yeah that could compromise and people's families people's families it did yeah. compromise a lot of intelligence people and people had to be because they were exposed they had to be withdrawn so it created a huge turmoil and i think that's also okay if it was journalism but if you're uh, it's not journalism to just expose someone that if i know someone's a raw agent and i just say okay he's a raw agent i don't think that's journalism i think there's a there's a very thin line over there 
And so I'm not comfortable with what he did, the way it was done. It wasn't journalism. Okay. Anand, your view? Will, will you also be a... One thing, will you be, I do believe that the, that the rape charges in uh, in Sweden... Hmm. Uh, Those are cooked up. This is my... Yeah, that's my guess. I think yeah, that trying to get the him pattern in, all sorts in of which ways. it happened is almost traditional uh, when you want to get someone. So I, I maybe he's a... He's an idiot and he's not very good with personal relations, which it seems he is really weird. Mm. Uh, But I think that is part of how to get him. Okay. Uh, Anand, because I've just got a phone call, I'm a con call with Arundhati and N. Ram. They want to, if you'll sign the letter with them to free Assange. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) No. Shocking. (laughs) Tell me, what is your view? No, I am I am always in favor of people being jailed. <laughs> As a stand up police officer, chalo jail. Jail I love that line. But you have to end it with I'm always in pa- pa- uh, favor of people going to jail except me. <laughs> Remember that guy, that guy who'd been saying Sabkonda Dalo jail me yeah and then he ended up what happened to him? He became chief of Delhi. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. But you know that guy who was jailed, so-called journalist and all, he was abusing everybody, These all these anti-Modi people should be jailed, should be jailed, and then they put him in jail. Who? Who is this? We, did, we discussed so it on Hafta. Oh, okay. okay, let me and think. And then he got sick. What's wrong I'll with think, you? You I'll call yourself journalist, nobody remembers? <laughs> I have my age. As an excuse, you don't have anything. In Karnataka. Anand. Anand. No, see, uh, I think Julian Assange, uh, world will come to terms with him. He is one of the earliest cases in information age of an information uh, um, bandit. Hmm. He is an information kind of in, in the phenomenon of information banditry is hmm. new. Hmm. And uh, how the world deals with Assange will be a test case. So one would have to be very careful about uh, framing moral positions on it uh, because uh, uh, the law of the land you are in, a citizen, also has to matter. I think he would have been safe if there was not a change in government in Ecuador. The change in yes, government... that had a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah, because the new president, he leaked his private f- yeah. photographs yeah. and something. Because there was some austerity so, so, measure so. and they showed him having so, lobster in his bed. Uh, so uh, like the that. moral positions on it have uh, also to do with the par- uh, the power arrangements in a particular time and space. Right. So that, that also... Now, uh, I know only this much about So him. you give us a <laughs> Real politic without, no, having, also, up, without having a the position. The way he was carried out was just pure comedy. Yeah, but he was also grinning. It, it was a bit of no, a No, he was shouting and screaming and crying. Then he winked at the camera. But gr- seven no, that years? That was later. Imagine. But when he was being carried out, the there, way he was yeah, carried out was funny. Yeah. Like they picked up his, obviously he wasn't walking or moving. So they decided, let's pick him up. And his normally chair. when you pick up someone, you pick them up from the shoulders or you drag them from their hands. They picked up his heels, faces <laughs> forward, his heels are at the back. So he's being carried I face forward. I thought he was forward. in a chair. No, oh. he's being carried face like forward Superman. and his heels up and he's horizontal. He's mm. he's he's flying through the sky. He yeah, just needed a cape. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah. Uh, well, we should send the Delhi police to get him. They would have just dragged him out by the. Oh, he has no hair. Okay, but <laughs> he has hair. He, he has had a ponytail on. Okay, they dragged him with his beard. beard. Kishor, yeah. your view. Uh, my view is that you know, um, Assange. Strangely enough, here is a man who creates havoc around the world, you know, with what he's done. He's a bandit. 
he's allegedly a rapist i mean we don't know sure. we we are assuming that it was a setup but i still come from that old world kind of thing where i tend to believe the woman you mm. know uh, unless there is anything uh, to prove that it was not done to her uh, and uh, because he also comes out as being a bit peculiar so definitely for me that is a big uh, blot on his character But enough to jail so so okay then you come to the whole fact that he he did this now are we living in a world that there should be no punishment at all for anybody who allegedly robs your private you may be anything you may be anything in your private life but sh- should not there be some uh, kind of punishment that you are exposed to the entire world b- through no fault of yours because you're exchanging emails with maybe uh, the best friend you have and you're saying something in confidence So I think there was a slightly you know there is a flank that kind of hero worships this sort of thing and I'm a little uh, you know cautious about that because ultimately no matter what the rules of the new information age are for some people but definitely when I put a WhatsApp message out there or I email somebody I assume I'm doing it in privacy though as I know now that governments are spying on me etc but hopefully nobody going to leak all that information so i am on the side unfortunately for the other people who write you know i'm not on the side of the people writing that letter and uh, saying that you know free him because i think he needs uh, it needs to be shown to the world that some of the information since as we've already discussed it was undiluted it did not have any kind of uh, reason that this x was there and or y was there it may have brought down a lot of people but put a lot of people in danger so i i do believe that what he did was wrong if he had all that information maybe he could have dealt with it somewhat better or so you what know. you're saying is some of that information did deserve to get out but just vomiting out the, on the internet is not no, the way no i i also kind of object to the whole act of just hacking and throwing it all out there but, and he was like having a lot of fun yeah, but, he was a hero i mean he fine. became I, a hero again, that, to the that, whole world we, we, because but, we are all in for freedom of expression sure, but, and but you know again, what kind of expression this is my stuff but if someone wants to be a hero you know that's a personal character flaw or trait but for example him releasing documents about the expenditure on the afghanistan war The American people have a right to know as a journalist. I think that is a journalist. See, if it's in, is, if it's if it's in if, public interest, yeah. But some he of the did stuff he didn't want to give that information to anybody else. He wanted to be the hero. He wanted to be the guy who is you know fine. in charge but, but of all of this is, and releasing it. I don't care if yeah. someone wants to be hero. Like if someone says. मैंने स्टोरी किया मीन देर एनफ जर्नलिस्ट आई मीन इफ यू टॉक वॉन्ट बी हीरोज वी कैन जस्ट यू नो वॉल जर्नलिस्ट वी कैन जस्ट वॉक इन टू द्लोजेस्ट यू कैन कम फॉर मीडिया रंबल एंड यूल सी मेनी पीपल हु आर जस्ट देस टू बी हीरोज आई मीन आई विल नॉट होल्ड अगेंस्ट आई एम सेंग समिसक्रिमिनेटिंग अबाउट वॉट हीज पुटिंग आउट देर इट वॉज make a report but what i'm saying is getting share that yeah, yeah, but getting information his... by yeah. means that are not always consensual information if i get information about the prime minister or the president or the chief minister without their consent and it is in public interest that's okay i think that but is but you do a story on it no okay you just don't vomit the whole thing out there yeah. and then say hey what a great about guy i am sure. manisha I think what he did with the Iraq war logs is sensational and I don't think any journalist could have done that which is why I think a lot of journalists are critical of him. Mm. 
I mean, so the charge was that he conspired with Manning to get a password of the computer that had all the logs. Hmm. And they, he hacked into it. And the logs are crazy, yeah. Like you have American soldiers from a helicopter shooting off civilians like a video exactly. game sort of a thing. That you have torture, rape. Hmm. And a Reuters team. And and the fact that, Ameri- that uh, the American army and government completely ignored these I would have done it if I knew that there's someone in the army who has Nisha, a computer. You've written a story in it. Maybe it's too much of information for me to process. But what stops other journalists from taking ahead? I think it's better to just put the dump out and then let it roll. Like let other people pick it up, do whatever they want to do with it. Maybe he wasn't with well, so much information. Maybe all, it's if he taken out, if he kept to what you are talking about, is fine. Huh. If he had cut out all the intelligence identifications and all that. That would have been okay. I would still be okay with that. But to just take it without reading, without okay, Sara information, dump karo, that is not journalism. You get raw data, you have to understand it, work it, and then present it. Oh, yeah, and I don't think he, I mean, uh, yeah, not I, a traditional journalist in that sense, but, but maybe the information the was of journalistic value. Maybe, I yeah. I think, so net-net, was his contribution to the digital age of journalism more than what he has taken away from it? Net net. I understand the good and the bad, and I agree with both. But what is a net for people? I mean, what he did unveil, it put America on the back foot. And I think yeah. America yeah, I needed think in to that put sense on the back it foot. was a plus. They would have run a mock. The Im- in- information that they exposed on all the countries was quite mind blowing and good. But again, I say it has to be journalistically correct. So he's not a journalist. Hmm. He's a bandit and information bandit. There are also those. Hmm. <laughs> As my daddy would say, Hon kar Hon khao kari. Yeah, I also agree. I, I agree with Mathu. I think this was something which could have been done with a little more discretion. But I, I think he just he just wanted to he was like a kid with a toy, you know, he just wanted to put it all out there. He found something and he didn't realize what the consequences were. I don't even think he understood what he himself was putting out. So uh, so he if he's being punished for it. I don't know about that, but definitely there has to be some kind of account- accountability. There should be an editorial filter if there you have to should, call it. There it. should have been. I mean, yeah, there I should agree. have been. Okay, yeah. fine. So I have uh, one email and after that I want to move on to election-related news. I want to start with Sadhvi Pragya. I know many of you will accuse me of doing Modi bashing, but opportunity Anyway, so get ready for that conversation. Nandini Mankale writes, Hello Abhinandan, I've been newsletter subscribed for many years now. Thank you Nandini for your continuing support. Please tell your friends and family because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers served. And although RH says not getting salaries builds character, my colleagues would disagree. Clearly he's always got a salary, which is why he thinks this is something that, <laughs> you know, but, builds character. some kind but, of yogi uh, sitting on a mountain top. But if you know. that is the case, the lenders think you are characterless. Then who thinks you're L- lenders <laughs> from whom you borrow money? Yeah, and you don't get. Hello, Abhinandan. <laughs> I've been a newsletter subscriber for many years now. I listen to NL Hafta every week. I felt like writing my comments many times before. This time, I felt I had to write. As you see many times, one of newsletter's objectives is to critique the media. Thought you would be covering the PM's interview with ABP News, the part that was edited out. However, I was surprised that no one even mentioned it on Hafta. Any reason why it was left out? Does it not qualify as NL's criteria for media critique? Finally, pardon my English. There are many 
mistakes in this email actually nani i couldn't find any so clearly your english is better than mine well you know uh, but that it wasn't cut out that's why abp news did a whole report saying that this false information is floating around so on twitter so what was meant to have been that cut, this out, was cut out that it wasn't, wasn't cut out apparently the pm is scolding the two the, anchors hmm. that you you are asking me questions on rafael or whatever you did not ask rahul this he's basically talking to them like the school kids and they are nodding their heads because nee, they are indian journalists and <laughs> we don't have the but this was never there this you. bit was never there so was claimed on twitter but then abp clarified that, that but the reason we didn't you know talk about the interview and this is an interesting thing i don't know whether we discussed on the hafta was talking to someone later about this this time the pm's interviews have not made headlines like he's given a bunch of interviews i know in my house they were playing all the time in office they were playing no one gives a fuck about watching them now because no one's expecting anything you know so honestly it wasn't a conscious omission but i don't think the pm's interviews are peaking anyone's interests now it they just nobody expects anything so maybe that's you should critique it on newsons manisha but yeah uh, nandini they weren't left out for any um, conscious reason we probably just thought it was a boring piece of news and that's that anyone has any views on the pm's interviews anyone talk has any to say about that particular I think, interview i think it's indicative of how repetitive he's become how repetitive the interviewers have become yeah same sort of questions and um, and how repetitive manisha has become because in nuisance you repeated the same thing which had been done before about aapki energy ki kahan se aati hai you've done that before haven't you but they keep doing it again so i have to keep doing it again <laughs> that's insane anchors keep asking that question that's insane you're supposed to critique them not just do the same bloody thing it's no, crazy no it was to show that this question is asked am i watching an old one or you should just say my post production team was saved time this time so i'm just going to so play something that happened last yeah. no no but it was Should a new report the whole segment is been done before on nuisance <laughs> so modi is repeating himself the anchors are repeating himself no no news the- laundry is repeating itself we're all guilty the india tv report so, was new can, can i just say one no. thing i think uh, for one thing uh, the prime minister is very erudite i would say he likes also to talk and he has been on air a lot he has been uh, having interviews one on ones mm. and uh, he's even recently there was a piece in the times of india also where there was yes. a long interview before, yeah. uh, so i think there he's already uh, covered a lot of subjects and he has also been talking every second every weekend i think or every fortnight he's been talking Man about monkey bath and so on so i think there is a, a sense fatigue. that uh, not a fatigue i wouldn't call it a fatigue but i think uh, yes the expectations are that he's not going to be saying especially now it's election time he's just going to be reiterating a lot of the things that he's already said before so perhaps that is true as you said that people are not watching with that same kind of interest but believe me niku there, there is a whole lot of people outside our you know our little gathering out here that follow every word that he says he has a huge fan course, following he, so you know it 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 may not be in your house it may not be amongst the people we know or um, mm. you know see regularly but there is a phenomenal following that uh, you know listens to each and everything that he has to say and um, and and they admire him hugely so you know there you can't get away from that Hmm. No, oh, just little point about why he, his interviews are not getting traction or uh, not being received or read or so so and Delhi no uh, I think it's also about the timing when you are addressing five six public rallies daily and you are saying different things but some core things are same and 
at the same time you are giving n interviews to channels, newspapers. So you, you are more expected to say the juicy things in public rallies, hmm. not interviews. And uh, the television channels are playing those rallies, uh, the rally so speeches. So then there's no reason for the interview. Really what, what inter interview, he is only giving to for the people who will not go out to vote. Means, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> who, uh, who is, uh, I mean, there are very few people who read English newspapers uh, and uh, vote. Means, yeah. But I will say this, I'm taking a metric of the same. I'm comparing apples with apples. In 2014, every interview of Narendra Modi on exactly these channels was a big deal. Because we didn't know Nobody him. Factor. He was a new factor in our so lives in that and, time. And also, yeah, yeah, yeah. and also, like Madhu said, now I think they don't even pretend to hide it. He does scripted interviews. So no one, at that time, it was still ambiguous. No, no, tough questions asked. Narendra Modi does not do an interview unless he knows what the questions are going to be. I mean, no I don't know about him. that. I mean, you so know, I've never done an interview with thing. him. So. I think we know about that. <laughs> I think the News 18 interview was better with Rahul Joshi, but there was one thing strange which was pointed out by others also that while giving the interview, Narendra Modi suddenly like he shifts to the camera and focuses on camera and it's as if he's reading from a teleprompter to address the nation, like to give a sort of a speech. Hmm. That was pretty strange because in an interview, it's always like, yeah, two people talking true. to each other. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I think so. Anyway, so that's that. I will quickly just do a plug once again and then get into the Sadhvi Pragya issue and my hypothesis that I've been harping on for so long that uh, the whole economic agenda is just a farce. It is In purely a cultural uh, agenda. Oh. Uh, and I, I, I have three instances okay. to prove it. But before that, guys, the News Laundry Sena is around the country bringing you stories, ground reports. I'm sure you've been seeing our stories Elections with NL. Uh, you can PayPal us money for that to prashant at newsline.com, prashant at newsline.com, or you can, you know, go on to newslaundry.com slash Sena and contribute because you guys got to help us cover elections because, you know, it has to serve you, the public. Also, a reminder that this hafta will also be free. So, we had asked you guys to tag at least 10 of your friends on Facebook or Twitter, send us a screenshot to contact at newslaundry and we'll send you a goodie. Many of you have done it and this is happening because you're fixing some tech glitches and many of you have been complaining. So the app and the website will hopefully be in good technical condition by the end of this month. Until then, we've taken the paywall down. So until we fix the glitches, we need you to make the most of the free episodes. Tag any of your 10 friends with the Hafta post on Twitter or Facebook and send a screenshot to contact at News Laundry. You shall be adequately rewarded. And also the new lot of Naxalbari comics is up. So, uh, just laying the context, uh, Sadhvi Pragya, who is an accused in the Malegao blast case, I'm sure you've read the pieces of what the judge had said at the time. Um, she has been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Acquitted. Acquitted in one case with the, that was with the... Ajmer blast. And uh, also, uh, she has not been charged under Makoka, if I'm not wrong. UAPA. Charges were dropped. Uh, initially, I think she was charged, but uh, those charges were dropped in 2016. But the fact that she's been put up as a candidate is clearly because of ex what are her chops. Her chops are that she is one of the people whose bike was apparently ah, used for the, for the blast. blast. And uh, there have been meetings where things were said about teaching the Muslims a lesson, whether she was involved in the blast or not, I don't think anyone disputes that she has had those held those views. So her claim to fame is what? Her claim to fame is that. 
Yeah. Now she's one candidate. We have seen the speeches. There's no mention of Vikas. There is a lot of Hindu Muslim. There is a lot of uh, green hair. Unka green virus hair. And I have three very good friends who are hardcore Modi supporters, and they have defended everything he's done from Yogi to demonetization till today. One of them is a banker. I was like, "Tere to clients to do bhi jayenge." He still defends demonetization that it was a great economic flip. Because when you paint yourself into the corner, you can't say "fuck," I was wrong. So you keep defending the indefensible. But on this, three of them have said, "Okay, fuck, we can't go this far." This, yeah, three at least three people I know, and uh-huh. I have a feeling what Kiran Bedi did to BJP here, because I remember many geniuses who did not know Kiran Ji and had not worked as closely with as I had. When she was made, I said, "Wow, BJP to doob gay, khatam," because she can't get along with anybody. Three campaign managers quit. I think she will be that for them because a lot of people say, "Fuck this, we cannot go so far in defending." The BJP. I want to know if you guys think so. Is it a big deal? I don't think there's a reason to be quite that biased because if you, as we all know, there are I don't know hundreds of candidates who are charged with murder, oh. even rape, no doubt, dis, uh, embezzlement, all kinds of things. So focusing on just this one, focus on all of them. I have an answer to that. The answer to that is it is a there are two things. There is let's say a sexist comment. and then there is rape and there is this whole spectrum between that okay and so like like someone said if everything is racism then nothing is racism if someone makes a joke i mean when you if you've heard the black angel and the white angel joke i'm sure and when it was told to me the first time i laughed does that make me racist and am i the same as someone who had slaves no i'm not and i refuse to you know make that what what about religion secondly if i am in politics and i have indulged in some criminality I'm not saying it's okay, but I have been in politics, and that's why I'm getting the ticket. Madhu, this is for you. That's why I'm getting the ticket. So let's say I'm Kamal Nath, not to say that he's you know taint free of what he did in '80 for an accused accusation. He was in politics. He's accused of that, and then in continuation he got a ticket again. Sadhvi Pragya has got a ticket because of her accusation. You get the difference. There's a big difference. Today I am known for what? Let's say I'm known for my. social service and i also have a murder accusation against me you can say social service ne kiya wo to that's part of the political thing but if your entire claim to fame is your murder accusation it's clear why you've been given the ticket so but she's also sadhvi hang on she's supposed to be yeah, some but, kind of a religious there, there person million, but, so so but i'm her, saying i'm no can i can i just say one thing uh, niko i think can, can i just uh, ask you another question and hmm. then we can come back to uh, what's happening i'm i'm just wondering what exactly is going on in bhopal because bhopal is the one seat from what i can see people are not so enthusiastic about it in any case it seems that people do not want to stand from there even even i believe uh, digvijay singh was not so enthusiastic about uh, fighting from there i think there and, are other um, reasons no they could be but uh, she has been so far the most enthusiastic candidate to want to go and fight from bhopal now is she seeing something which we are not seeing you know let's look at it let's flip the picture you know so let's flip the picture sometimes the candidate is representing something which you and i sitting in a delhi studio are unable to see so what is bhopal happening is, in bhopal bhopal is full of bigots who are muslims dead i don't know i don't no 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 i do i don't see it that way i mean hmm. you know i'm i'm sorry i've always been an optimist hmm. even in the most terrible circumstances hmm. i still like to believe that people they're good people out there and they cannot be you know you cannot just uh, tarnish a whole community like that that hmm. all all hindus are like this all muslims are. i think 
think that also is very extreme. Hmm. But for the BJP to choose a candidate uh, like her and put her after their experiment with Yogi Adityanath in UP, is it saying something to us that we are like, you know, just going on bashing her up and saying she's like this, she's like that? Firstly, I mean, you know, she's a woman, she's a candidate. She had many allegations about what was done to her uh, behind bars. I, I have no proof. I don't know whether that was actually done to her. Was she set up? Was she not? I have no idea. But the fact is, she is a woman candidate. She's standing from there. She does not, is not, it's not going to be an easy ride for her anyway. But for the BJP to have chosen her to fight against Digvijay um, uh, Singh, what does it say to us? I, I don't know. Maybe there's something more Anand, to the story. As far as I remember, BJP has never lost uh, Bhopal seat since 1989. Hmm. Since '89, they have never lost, so it's considered to be if, uh, a safe seat, a safe seat for BJP. Two, three things. I am just trying to read BJP's mind. I am. It. It. it, it on the face of it, it's a brazen act. But uh, what uh, uh, led to this decision? Um, so sometimes when you explain things, people think that it is your view. I am just explaining. What? It's not a justification. It's a deconstruction. BJP has been uh, what uh, I think a Cambridge uh, historian professor Shruti Kapila said that in 2014 BJP's arrival was of radical conservatism means uh, it was now a byword for change so in in India conservatism is change from the regular stream of political discourse pre 2014. Now, a narrative that BJP has been building, whether it is on Babri Masjid or this Hindu terror remark, is of uh, uh, say that uh, we are being attacked. And Swadhivi Pargya, there are a lot of accounts of her being manhandled and mistreated in jail. And she, uh, she has anyway served, uh, I think, eight years in jail. So, this victimhood narrative is deeply entrenched in the psyche that they want to appeal to. Now, those who don't buy that victimhood narrative are anyway they say that they are not our voters. They will anyway not vote. And whatever our positions may be, Hindu terror remark does not go well with Indian psyche. So, because of its very small scale, um, it is still seen it as hasn't a, reached a critical uh, mass. Uh, which it is, is still point. seen as an outlier. I mean, something that and is also a, as a response, uh, never uh, the uh, instigator, as an exception. So, they have factored in that. Uh, Anyway, the uh, people who deny this uh, victimhood of her would are not our voters. So uh, all uh, and this counter narrative of. Uh, that how uh, Digvijay Singh now Hindu terror and and Rahul Gandhi in the same Assange's WikiLeaks saying that Hindu terror is a greater threat than the laskar e taiba Now they want to cling to these statements and uh, trying try to juxtapose it against. Uh, against a person who is seen as a symbol of it. Two, three things. Now, fourth, that politics also works on in information asymmetry. Some of the information that government has. Now, two, three things. Mr. R.K. Singh was the Home Secretary hmm. in UPA government when this Hindu uh, terror theory was floated, is now a minister in um, NDA government. He is privy to a lot of information. He was the Home Secretary as 
in 2012-13 or something. Yeah. Uh, second, G.K. Pillai, who uh, in 2015, he was again a former Union sec- uh, Home Secretary, then go across every file. He said that he said that Hindu terror was a fabrication. He is not aligned to any party. It was a fabrication. Maybe, maybe he got some, uh, but whatever. It, it was a fabrication. So what they are very confident about is that this will be a weak case. A weak case. The case now, against Hadi Pragya, you're saying will not... And even if a fresh government comes at the center and they try to frame... Sadhvi Pragya again, it would be very difficult politically for it because hmm. uh, uh, BJP has made it politically difficult to punish her now. Okay. Manisha, your view? I'm with you on this. I mean, I don't think all crimes are same. I do think those accused of rape, it's a bigger crime than, say, a sexist comment or even when you look at the criminal record, a lot of the criminal cases against them are unlawfully, you know, gathering and all that. But this is somebody who's being accused under the UAPA. There's a statement by an RSS man who said that I've attended meetings where she has said that we will take measures to control the Muslim population in Malegaon. So this is a person who has some grief, serious charges. And like you said, her claim to fame is anti-Muslim bigotry and taking it to another level of violence. That is her identity. So if you give her a chance, I mean, then that's, that's just really clear what BJP is about. Yeah, in fact... I'm uh, sure that may have support. Like, there there may be many people who feel that they were framed or that the UPA framed these guys or that she was tortured. But some things... Like an RSS member's statement, I really don't see why he would lie about being yeah, in a meeting. Yeah, obviously having support know. is... I don't also, think... BJP is not a monolith. Many in BJP may not be in favour of that. No, no absolutely. Yeah. But that yeah. is, yeah. I think, true for any... None yeah. is a monolith, but I think there is something primarily that defines you. So, like, for example, was Bapu, would he be a good brand ambassador for gender equality? No, he would not. He'd be terrible at it. I mean, his attitudes towards Ba, his attitude towards when, you know, all the buys of Banaras want to join the movement. He said, you are not women who are worthy of being a part of such a pure movement. But is Bapu's identity sexism or is his identity a man who held non-violence as a weapon unlike anyone had ever done? Martin Luther King uh, was a dick in many ways, but what is his identity? Is it infidelity? Is it or is his identity civil rights? So, what is her central identity? What is her central identity? Her central identity is that of a bigot, and that is a big differentiator. And 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 you know, talking about, I just have this email, and uh, Kishore, I'll you know let you come in first, and then we can go uh, to Madhu. Dheeraj says hi all. This is not really a comment on news laundry, but more like questions to the panel. This is actually a p- point to ponder after listening to Amit Verma's Seen and Unseen, The Lost Decade. It's a podcast, a review of sorts of Pooja Mehra's book, The Lost Decade. The whole podcast talked about how Pranam Mukherjee's political compulsions made him take extremely costly socialistic overtures in UPA to and Modi's inclination to make every policy with thought given only to its political benefits. A few questions, requests for comments from the panel. If politicians are more inclined to play to their bases, aren't they actually then making policies for their masses? Yes, they could have consequence to the rest of the masses. And he's put all these in ghost, the rest of the masses and masses. The way in which electoral politics works, it will always remain this way, where policies which hurt the whole country, but not your base, will always be implemented. If being a politician is a job, then you are only saving your job. Secondly, the only way that we can have breakthrough is if the election of an MP and MLA is devoid of any party affiliation. You vote a candidate and a good or bad candidate comes together. Well, 
too idealistic but yeah we go to it and three how can you do this think tanks mass movements building a new constituent assembly so yeah he wants comments on that and by the way a special mention for daily dose absolutely love it dheeraj thank you dheeraj thank you for your support thank you for your subscription uh, before i'll go straight to kishor and then madhu can come in uh, so uh, the one thing that you said about playing to the base i think yeah there's some parties that have a base that will not abandon them like mayawati party mayawati can do what she wants the base won't abandon her similarly bjp because they have a it's it's an ideological party and that is their base uh, their, their basic fundamental ideology is based on you know here it could be hinduism there it's you know being from the dalit community but that's a whole challenge of a leader if you're just going to be populist and say okay the mob wants to kill someone let's go kill him the leader i think is a balance of understanding which way the people want to go but yet being the more progressive voice the voice that like like abe lincoln like much of america wanted slavery to stay he says okay let me strike a deal but on this we are not not going to compromise so you convince the country to do what is right so i think it's it's not a black or white yeah so kishwar come in and then madhu you had a question also well totally i mean you know this is what we believe that politics should be more like social service it should be about the nation first it should not be about you or or the people but you know what's happening more and more nico i can see that in india i mean we blame the british about divide and rule and i'm not not talking about any specific party this whole thing about trying to garner the muslim votes which has come out so openly the this time and it is so sad i mean because they are every bit as indians as the rest of us are but somehow it it is you know uh, many parties are now appealing to them be it your mayawati uh, be it anybody Siddhi. you know Siddhu. yeah 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 so yeah, even siddu i mean congress you know yes they are also appealing so when you talk about going beyond your vote bank and you're trying to reach out you're still reaching out to another vote bank you're not actually looking at the country as a whole still your only goal is the, how do you get past that 33 your 33 your 34 you have to reach that 50% udhar tak to aap pahunch nahi sakte 30 35% aapko votes mil jayenge aap inevitable aap jeet gaye somehow a plus b plus c you just get that formula right and you're 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 you've made it so i think the fact that mayawati 70 years after independence still has to have a dalit vote bank for me as very saddening it means that for we have not yeah because okay. we have not been able to break that we have not been able to make them feel and now we are talking about the undivided hindu vote you know where is that hindu vote yeah, if yeah, if, if, exist, it, yeah. if it uh, still requires a separate uh, base see the question i wanted to ask anand is that obviously this lady sadvi she's got a set bank vote and if those people are going to vote for her as you said the bjp is going to has always won in indore then why do bhopal. they need in mm. uh, sorry in bhopal then why do they need her at all because those people are going to vote for her, for bjp anyway so it, it doesn't make sense that to put her up then why it's a symbolic no, thing against the yeah. why do you need it against the yes. particularly the, no but you see what you said was that you appealed to the area that is not your vote bank to get more votes so what's the point here they could have put somebody 
who maybe would have stolen votes from the Congress and the regional parties? Mm. No, I think it's not just an electoral strategy. Uh, it has even not been left to conjecture. Amit Shah today in a rally said that we, we have uh, given her a ticket to send a message that uh, against uh, the coinage of the term Hindu terror. So uh, it means it, it's a kind of response uh, to the uh, means uh, to the nonsensical nature of the phrase. It's something like that he said in a rally. Now it's symbolic first thing. I think uh, uh, it is the core. It is the core that electoral victories will come and go. But uh, the Hindutva uh, or uh, the right-wing ideology, the some some core has to be retained, despite electoral. Yeah, base. Huh, has to be retained. Suppose suppose Modi loses this election, mm. uh, uh, that does not mean that Hindu Hindutva will disappear. Exactly, it's so, the same. I mean, it is yeah. the same. So many places where Trump won were places that Obama had won last time. So. There is a big floating word. But Madhu, what about that question? Uh, what is your answer about the leader? Will a leader not only cater to the base, rather than leading, the leader will follow a mob? You know, that question that Dheeraj no, asked. I, see, I think that's somewhat dangerous because uh, I think a certain amount of uh, welfare decisions have to be taken in a country like ours. But if unless they have something which will change the situation so that that kind of welfare is not required, then it has no future. All right. So if temporarily or for periods of time to get ourselves on our feet, we do these populist measures, that's fine. But my problem is that when politicians only talk about and promise things to people for the votes, uh, for their votes, I think, first of all, number one, people are too smart. They're not going to buy it. The Indian populace is quite cynical and jaded and everyone, any village you go to, they say, haan, vote lene aite, and then they vote for whoever they like. So they can promise all that they like. It doesn't influence them that much. It's not like they'll say, haan, usne bola tha, mujhe itne cylinder milenge, to mein isko vote dena. I don't think that it's that effective. And secondly, it's a dangerous thing because... Uh, if a mob wants blood, you'll give yeah, it blood. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, Manisha, you haven't weighed in on this. No, nothing nothing much to say. But yeah, leaders um, sometimes have to think for people rather than just follow their thinking. But then obviously you also have to stay in power. So I, I think a good mix is what you need. Someone who can give the danda also and think for the people and be a visionary. But also stay in the job. Because if you're not in the job, you can as, be as much of a visionary as you want to. But or convince the people no that this is the way to go like yeah. Bapu did. He says, this yeah. is what I believe. You want to come with me? Come if you don't go. Yeah. But this is what I'm doing. And people came. So... Yeah, I mean, he didn't say, it's, you know, let's go burn everybody just but because... You know, th that kind of charismatic leader, mm. uh, because again, my in my book, you know, I, I go back to that over... over and, he's just about 48, 49 years old when he returns from South Africa. So I still have and three years to become... Uh, yeah, you can, you can become... And yet, he's considered a saint already. He's already a Mahatma. So he just has to make that one... one right away. Uh, well, basically, what happens is he comes in and he starts his Satyagraha movement and this... This is the amazing thing. This is the largest movement that unites the length and breadth of India. You know, so it goes right from Bombay to Burma. You know, people are doing the Satyagraha because they believe in Bapu. So mm. I'm saying that sort of leadership is really unique. It comes mm. once Real. in maybe, you know, a thousand years that mm. he's able to connect. We have leaders who are very good even now, but we have to see. Such They're as? still growing. They're who, still growing. Who do you think is a good I'm leader? I'm sure there are. I mean, I hope there are all around us 
Yeah, great who's leaders. Yeah, who's a leader in modern times? Who would you say in, in the current crop of politicians? Well, let's look abroad also. No, no, but let's look all no, over the world. No, I'm looking in India because I mean, you know, all over the world it's easy. Look, look at the kind of there leaders who have. One, you know, no, there isn't one over here. Nobody's been able to capture people's in my, uh, uh, imagination so that people follow them like that because most peop- most politicians are too afraid to make demands. They can only make promises. I th- no, and I that's th- the difference. I, in fact, I, on the contrary, I think we have... Gandhi made demands of people. I'm not you have to sacrifice, you have to do this, you have to do that to get what you want. Whereas these politicians only say, I'll give you this, I'll give you that. And yeah, but I don't think they're Bapu. So I'm clarifying that they're not that league. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are too uh, shy to say that we think this leader is good because... There are so many, because in your own time, those people are so flawed and in our information, you know, over-information age, you know everything about them. So, you know, at the risk of being mocked, people don't call these people leaders. But I think people like Mamta is a phenomenal leader. I mean, from where she's, she's not, and, and I will consciously reject Modi, because Modi is an outcome of an RSS. Hegdevar was a leader, whether I came or not, doesn't matter. Okay, he set up the RSS. Hegdevar and Guruji were leaders. They inspired people to do something. They made something out of nothing. People like Modi are paper tigers. They've come up on the, you know, climbing the coattails of the Sangh. They may not have the Gandhi family, but they had the Sangh. A Modi, I don't think, can do jack shit on his own. Mamta has built an organization on her own from the streets, getting beaten up, moved up. Arvind has done that. Lalu has done that. Whether we but like have it or they not, thought for the people. No, I mean. so, so what I'm saying is, at some way they have. Mayawati gave an identity to people who were too shit scared to even file police cases. Dalit women accepted being raped. That yeah, because every SHO was a thakur, so they will not file a case. After she became chief minister. No, so, so my question so, to you, so Nicole, I think there are plenty where, of leaders. No, no, but Maybe. then to sustain it. Sure. Leadery to bahut asaan hai. Sab leader ban sakte hain. But leadery ko aage le jana bhi to hai na. How do you, so the phenomena lasts like one year, two years, three years. Then what is Mayawati now? What I, I is, what is Mamta there, there now? Are, there are, what there, is Lalu now? You know, like we are talking, we are talking about I Gandhi. Advani created something it, out of nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Advani, he made something out of nothing. I mean, I, I would put him up there. So anyway, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I think sometimes we we are too harsh on our leaders while I, I'm all for trashing them. But it's not a piece of cake to build a movement from nothing. It's it's But damn to sustain hard. it, Nico, I'm saying that again. You have to carry on. Look at Arvind. When he came, but, everybody was made a pillow around his head. But I'll tell, you where, I'll tell you where Bapu had it easy. And Bapu's, in my view, the greatest human being ever to have walked the earth. Really? Uh, Despite all yeah, his flaws. Sure. Before, yeah, I don't think there's anyone even close. Like, I think Da Vinci comes like a distant second. But, you know, I, I'll say Bapu had an enemy throughout his life to point to for it to become the rallying point. Modi's trying to do that. Every, even today, you're the underdog. Hare, you're not the underdog, yeah? You're the prime minister. You snap your fingers and buddy, everyone salutes. So no one has this perennial enemy that you can point to. Bapu had a perennial enemy from the time he started his movement. And it's a very romantic thing to fight for the independence of your country. Yeah, so It's a different, it catches a different kind of have, imagination. I mean, Arvind had someone to point to those speeches of his. Sharad Parakura dekho, Manmohan Singh ko dekho, Chidambaram ko dekho, isko dekho, usko dekho, do saal later all of them out of power. he was not part of the estate structure. Means he was not part of the estate structure. So if you are a leader, uh, who is a product of a very complex modern state 
and you have to do things which at the face of it look bureaucratic also means you have to sign documents you have to mm. uh, take decisions this you have to choose then, the parties uh, you have uh, to apply for it yes. you have to then, appeal if then, it's rejected uh, then lot of uh, those uh, pretensions of greatness come down mm. it means uh, just because of your association with power lot of uh, winner of uh, greatness you said it it's but um, the leaders we talk about martin luther or gandhi were not part of state structures okay so uh, i have two you know quick emails after this i quickly want to discuss and then we'll just wind up in 10 minutes kishor we've kept you here long enough and so just think about that i want to speak about this whole thing of not being allowed to appeal to a community for votes uh, and covid you know that remark that covid was made president because of uh, his caste and i i don't see what and the Menka problem Gandhi's, is there and menkagandhi is this thing also we should discuss ha huh, well, but this remind you of the point madhu was making last time with sudipto this mail comes from shurveer singh recollection of past experiences because of hafta's discussion on caste he says the last hafta discussion about hiding a caste identity brought back memories of my own i became cognizant of my low caste when i was in ninth and my math teacher inquired my caste we argued a bit about my two surnames singh and sachan and then he explained to me that sachans are kurmis and hence belong to pichri jati I can still recall feeling helpless about it that for no fault of my own I was banished to identify with backwardness in an effort to erase this identity I dropped Sachin from my parents name my and my parents name in all legal documents many times in my life people have mistaken me for a thakur and have deliberately failed to correct them burden of the shame is heavy when I joined in engineering college the whole episode reincarnated I didn't lie about rank or my caste so I had to prove my worth to my roommates who all thought I was too dumb to be there they were all angrily opposed to my reservations and i was made to feel apologetic for my existence when i started outperforming them the i was directed towards my towards the scst people who struggled i remember one of my classmates talking about a student from schedule cars that he doesn't look like an sc guy which is code for poor and uneducated he also used to decry how reservations is the only is only being used by rich scst people apparently savarnas don't inherit a sense of irony from their ancestors <laughs> having become politically aware now i proudly own my identity the wounds that made me feel less i wear them now like battle scars i have started to recognize the achievements of my father who was the first of his generation to get a masters or my brother who topped his state intermediate exam and became a diplomat or my own of being the first in my family to live abroad we were all crippled by the caste system but then rescued by the caste based reservation system why should i feel ashamed to claim what's my own thanks in regards shurveer singh Thank you Shurir I loved your email yeah uh and very inspiring very story very and inspiring. I completely agree with you on this whole um it is not merit and you haven't earned it um I think you have you know many of us haven't earned privilege but we are where we are because of privilege I know I'm where I am because I know Madhu I mean you know let's face it I mean had I not got that job and I was that Madhu wasn't looking someone give me the greatest resume Sabrina was working there she knew me she says tu kuch karta nahi hai sare din tu lambe baal ke sath teacher hi karta hai tu aa mujhe said he theek hai uska dost hai aa kaam kar le and the rest is history i didn't have to fucking write an exam it was just access so uh, you know that's true for many in journalism yeah i mean i mean of course then you proved yourself <laughs> or so you think <laughs> so i think anyway no he But did but this angst against reservation is so there and i think the big reason is because in schools we are just not taught like caste system is a chota sa chapter ki you know it was division of labor and later on became i don't your generation not Why but not? my icse hindi book had a character called tendi chamar 
we did not know it is a caste. It used we used to refer to someone as a chamar or bhangi because it was that's what people did. Yeah, it was bloody in my yeah. nine, when I was in college. I realized that these are actual. You know, in school we didn't even know. No, but then what your our children have to be taught. Our textbooks had this See, shit. Yeah. What you're saying and is reason for reservation. But can we can we just say that look, forget about textbooks. What is happening in real life? This is something which we have to constantly remember. That how many uh, you know of the, uh, from coming from whatever caste we are, uh, you know, how many of the other castes were we mingling with, you know, and and what kind of work were they doing in our homes, mm. and what kind of an attitude? So you know, just don't blame everything. Thing. What about the real life education that was going yeah, on around exactly. us, around which is us. the indoctrination which we get from childhood? Yeah. You know. So I'll tell you, Nico, what happened to me. I mean, when uh, one of the, of course, most of them, unfortunately, are still doing, you know, domestic uh, mm. work and things like that. But see how urbanization, how transferring from your village to uh, the, you know, an urban area changes things. Because no. the woman working for me now, domestic, uh, doing the sweeping, sobbing, I don't know what caste she is. You could be anything. I mean, she dresses well. She looks like. So she came to me and she says, "You know, uh, ma'am, ugly body." I mean, she says, "Ma'am, and all you know, ma'am, ugly body. Aapke ghar mein party hogi. Call my husband. He's a great bartender." So I was saying, how wonderful he has gone way beyond whatever his caste uh, had been imposed upon him. He is serving drinks to people who don't know. He kahan hai? Or ham poochte bhi nahi hai? So you know, there is a there, there is yes in a rural background you would be stuck. would be stuck in silos and this is where it helps urbanization helps yeah, yeah. Sure. urbanization migration you can leave those uh, things behind and in schools how many schools do you have where they actually have these kind of reservations at school uh, but level but i think you now the sensitization has started sorry go but ahead anand all the schools have, have, by law they have to have but But not that's economic reservation economic economic it's not caste based it's not caste based you're right I think uh, I do visit my villages regularly. In villages, also the untouchability bit is giving way. It's, There is change it, happening. It has changed. Also because uh, and uh, labor, the agricultural labor uh, belonging to lower caste is respected more because of migration. There is a lot of shortage of labor. Hmm. People are not ready. to cut your crops or something you have shortage of labor that has changed I means uh, uh, um, the upward mobility of uh, lower caste so in the scene even in rural india is not uh, that there is this samrish puri thakur and this that no it, it is changing i mean the the terms of social discourse the terms of social transaction it is undergoing change i means it is not well, good uh, to hear uh, yeah. i think and as it should But so I, going back to what we started the discussion with the textbook point was just like british need to learn the horrible mess they created with colonization i think indians also need to learn the full extent the full horror of caste system i think most of us it only we only get to know about it in college yeah when we start educating ourselves or reading up yeah, schools don't tell us it's not a part us. of it yeah i agree it's a very benign it's, sort of it's a thing presented so why don't we have caste based reservation right from school maybe we should maybe we should uh, yeah possible so uh, now here's the deal um, apparently ashok gehlot said in a to press conference or talk to reporters that the president was only made president ramnath kovind to balance a caste equation ahead of an election now and meanwhile uh, you know people have been pulled up for appealing to the muslim vote or hindu vote i had taken part in a debate at the national law school university a couple of years ago where i had argued exactly that this should be allowed I don't see how you can say you should not be able to ask 
I mean, I think Yogi ji should be able to do it. Modi ji should be able to do it. Mayawati should be able to do it. Because a lot of identities and injustices were on the basis of religion and caste. How can you say you cannot ask for votes on the basis of religion and caste? I find this, whatever rule or advisory of the election commission, so foolish and bizarre that I don't even know what must have been the conversation when they said, you know, let's... Let's not do this. So, so tomorrow, <laughs> suppose. <laughs> no, I mean, what you're saying is true. I agree with you. It's a very important point. But you see, don't forget the manner in which it's asked. It's asked in a threatening manner. It's uh, it's bullying, or it's it's it, the tone is uh, like abusing the other community. It's not like Menakas may have been a bit threatening, but even Menakas was yeah, certainly but, but, threatening. But uh, I mean, yogis is not threatening. I well, mean, if you're a Muslim, Hindus it is. should come together. No, he's saying he's not saying let's beat them up. He's just saying Hindus should consolidate their vote and vote for me. No, but or, like he, like Amit Shah said about Hindus, Christians. Uh, sorry, ah, that is uh, we'll, Buddh, we'll put them Hindu, the Sikh, Sikh, Sikh citizens. Okay, the rest are termite. Well, I don't know. I, I, I agree. That I'm not of, saying that's that okay. kind of level. You could say the same thing politically. Sure, but I just think that the rule that you cannot ask for votes on the basis of religion or caste is a ridiculous rule. At the same time, one can say that whether it was done to balance, whether it was a political move to you know make Mr. Covind president. But yes, he was. One of the people was con- the reason he was considered his caste was one of the determinants. Like, what's the big deal? No, so so uh, you're saying that when you appeal for votes, I mean, basically, or even say something. What Gehlot said? How is how, no, why should so, the election uh, so commission? You can't say that. No, but see, this is the hypocritical society we live in, because on the one hand, you cannot openly say ke aap sab mere liye vote do main to tumhari caste ki hu and uh, please do this blah blah but on the other hand we know that every candidate is chosen on what they call winability so the winability factor is very important which is very often dependent on the caste or the community you come from so and and right now buddy if you don't get that 33 34% of the vote you uh, and also don't get uh, you know pass the 272 number you're not going to be in in parliament so it's a so it's a hypocritical thing but the election commission is doing what we all do on the face of it we say all these nice be things nice. yeah be nice you cannot say this aisa nahi kehte bhai bahut bahut kharab baat hai har jaake kehna aise so yes what what i think is that i agree with you uh, that articulation of interests and group interests Uh, is one of the functions of politics and and the the basis of that group interest can be caste sometimes can be religion sometimes and what is this patronizing tone that only tangibles are election issues development road and this non tangibles identity issues exploitation mm. issues yeah, can be election issues people don't uh, even the poor people don't only live for dams roads and electricity mm. they have uh, they have identity issues they have so uh, this is uh, i think uh, one of the functions Uh, of politics is articulation as well as mediation of interests and group interest is one of them second is election commission of india follows the representation of people uh, act 1951 now 123 section 3 of it not only bars the uh, candidate but his agent and anybody talking uh, on his consent from appealing for votes on this basis and not only that even the elected suppose i say that i am of different caste but 
you should vote because for me i will do you are of this caste you are barred you cannot appeal Achha. to the electors you can't really acknowledge that person as a caste so case is orisha if someone is trying to make a comment on the elitist nature of the chief minister that he cannot uh, speak uriya you cannot make that because that would be linguistic uh, ha, that would language. be ap- appealing against Uh, a candidate yeah, nowadays, uh, on the basis of to no i am just making yeah, a point yeah, but the, you, so, that would be against this <laughs> yeah, but this is the representation of people's act he's talking about and this was very much why it was brought in because those days people really feared that india was going to fall apart exactly. again it may have been on the region yeah or, uh, on the reasons of you know religion or caste or because we just gone through this massive breakup in 1947 sure. so it was to prevent that and it was also because we wanted to create a casteless society we wanted these were things which we aspired for uh, so i totally believe in it i totally so believe that, that we should, should all exist. yes i totally so believe that we rule. should all yeah but i know that on the on the bottom line is it nobody really sticks with it but i believe in but it manisha but election sorry. commission and uh, now all these lines are daily broken hmm. election commission knows yeah. that uh, the and the compliance of these rules will be only in breach hmm. so uh, uh, these rules uh, come up for discussion when they uh, just because they are broken otherwise no what uh, i think minaka gandhi's case is clearly a violation because she's at least saying that there will be a backlash if you don't vote for yeah. me and i'll find out that is yeah or that congress guy who said ki tum agar दूसरे तीसरे बटन पे उंगली दबाओगे तो इलेक्ट्रिक शॉक लगेगा तुम्हारे वोट की जरूरत नहीं है बट ब्लरी डोंट गिव मी योर वोट एंड योर डेड to paraphrase that, that was a little too but on the identity yeah. but it's true if you like, don't need uh, their votes then why are you asking for them especially for marginalized like okay exactly like mayavati she will appeal for dalit votes yeah, so why can't like, it be a positive thing that please vote for me i will do Muslim this votes. this this for you yeah, you but, know that's the that's what she should have Kishar, done yeah, Kishar, and spoken that way to mayavati then, canadian who mayavati or america so canadian canadian mayavati who are you talking about mayavati also goody goody why need to do this Mayavati or Menaka who are you talking about I'm talking about Menaka okay. because yeah. so guys please keep your recommendations ready I'm going to leave this last email and then we will if anyone has any comment to make on this email and then we can give our recommendations Kishwar you know you have to give recommendations right it's um, a pity we couldn't sit back and tell our listeners about what it was like back when aaj tak by the Kishwar was the anchor of the show called Good Morning Today she was this glamorous anchor we'd got until then they were just you know people like me who were in good morning today or whatever the last gl- of glamour had left with new track it also came on doordarshan so, it was doordarshan that tha. shows in doordarshan so yeah. once madhu you know once you remember that how yes, old were you i was been 2 years old so then you remember me i also used to do a segment in her show what year were you born no i missed you how many i didn't even adita dekho at least you remember me na i remember doctor arna bruta she was no i want to watch you were you born so she was in 90 he was definitely born in 90s or is not that yeah you were definitely born in the 90s right 1996 1980 you were born in the 90s no 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 i was born in 80s yeah so he was must be he must be pre pubescent at that time he was 9 10 so anyway so yeah we used to it was quite fun but anyway ankur says 
Hi, News Lonely team. I understand your position of criticizing the government of the day more than the opposition. However, closer to election, shouldn't you become more neutral and try to measure every party or alliance objectively? This question is also for media etiquette in general. All there is a bit too much to expect from traditional media houses these days. I also want to hear the panel's view on the shameless pandering by Mr. Self-declared honest politician for alliance with, with Congress. Who could he be talking about? I don't know. Kejriwal. <laughs> okay. I remember Vinayan once remarked that AAP should target a complete overhaul of the system and not behave the way of traditional parties. If they follow typical political norms, they should just pack their bags and close shop. I feel that time has ca- has long come and the public has become increasingly cynical of AK. For AK, a Lalu or Sharad Pawar are honest and worth aligning to stop BJP. It would have been better if he had maintained a distance from all political parties. Sure, the going would have been difficult considering the nature of opposition from central government. But in the long run, the public outside Delhi would have recognized his dedication towards bringing transparency in politics. I'm deeply hurt that I once supported him and was naive enough not to see the selfish politician in him. He has single-handedly killed the hopes of working middle class that a politician can come from within us and clean politics. I appreciate you and the team for trying to convince people to subscribe. Hope to see more good reports and podcasts in the future. Regards, Ankur. Ankur, thank you for your mail. Thank you for your subscription and support. Appreciate it. I agree. I had said that unless he can be a radical game changer, there's no point being half-baked this thing. But, uh, well, as you can see, the alliance hasn't turned out. And I do still believe he is that guy. I don't think he'll do any compromises. Uh, he's, I think, still a, he's still a bull in the china shop. He just chooses the tide carefully before he gets onto his surfboard. That's all, yeah. Yeah, it's the same discussion you were having about leaders versus being in power. But it is weird because if, even if they do this uh, alliance, state one year down the line, they'll be fighting each other, Congress and yeah. AAP. So alliance also can't be just ki Modi roko na. It has to be, there has to be some ideological hmm. sort of a meeting point or some understanding. Sure. And I, think, and I think voters see through this. No, I think he is trying to stop that as well. You know, he was trying to, because it was majorly coming from Kejriwal that let's, oh, come on, like, let's just ally with each other's because he was also thinking ahead mm. that when, when that time comes, when Congress and all of them have to fight that time too, hopefully there's going to be an alliance and they're Delhi, going to share. Delhi I don't election, know. There's no need I, for I, an alliance. No, I think so. I don't think he's going to get the same kind of votes or the same kind of, uh, you know, uh, sort, sort of excitement. No, I think it's going to be a Drastic drop. Not I think it's going to be a drastic sure. drop. Sure, I mean, 47 drop. Bhi aagya nee, 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 I mean, it's hard to say. Calling an election number yeah, is I the mean, toughest. I think he was just trying to get his safety net out there. Uh, highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Mm. But on this, I do think, like, uh, coming to his point about journalists, on Twitter, there were a number of journalists who sa- who were sort of brokering between AAP and Congress that, uh, you know, advising KJ Wal <laughs> that given, why are you being so stubborn? Or telling there Rahul Gandhi. Tapes, tapes on there, no? between go between. It's very strange for journalists to do that. Mm. There were so many journalists in his party. Yeah. You then Ashutosh, then you Ashutosh had some other guy who used Shazia to... Elmi. And then bugging All those. the stars of the party, Shazia Elmi, and Ashutosh. And then there was a guy who <laughs> was constantly... Ketan, Ashish. Although I will say Ashish Ketan was a good journalist. Come on, he was constantly sort of hiding... Him. What no, is he but doing? He, was a good, he, he did great <laughs> journalism, <laughs> I think. He was using devices all the time. As a citizen... 
um, and a voter. Of course, all journalists have views, but it's very uh, strange agree. to it's see really you. It's strange. It's just wrong. You know, give advice I, to. It's wrong. I and find it ridiculous. And this has happened a lot now. I'm old school, and it's wrong. Yeah. I just find but that this ridiculous. This is happening everywhere. Old school was all about writing in memoirs that I told this to Prime Minister and he listened. I will never write it in my memoirs that I told so and so to advise so and so. I have I have read this I never advised anyone. I just harassed them and questioned them. Yes, so I told this to Prime Minister and he actually listened. Then he's right. They're all writing that. Also, by the way, in in and I never told a Prime Minister or any minister to do any or never advise. All I did was question, question, question. Mukesh Ambani has backed. Milind Deora, Murli Deora's son. Of course, those of us who've been following politics for a while know Murli Deora and Mukesh Ambani's, uh, you know, Dush go, ka hai. go, yeah, matlab, but, but, oh, um, let me put I it this way, ki bhai, Dhiru bhai owes Deora's father Big a lot time. for making him what he is today. So, of course, he has, has his blessings, but more importantly, Ambani is not scared of backing a Congress candidate. He's bigger than Modi, man. Kunal Kamra was right. That's that's my point. <laughs> no other industrialist will have the guts today ah, to Kunal endorse Kamra. any non-BJP candidate. Kunal Kamra, no, there's another industrialist in the same video. Don't come between me. Modi ko bhi chhaya na. Main Sidham Bani ko vote de. Priyanka said what? Another industrialist in the same video. Okay, who's also endorsing? Yeah. Ha, to kyunki? Arey jab apke saath Mukesh Bhai kada hai, bolu main bhi Madonna. अकेले खड़े होकर बता दे मुकेश भाई के साथ मैं भी खड़े होकर बोल दूंगा मोदी जी मैं पंगा ले लूंगा आपसे It is the most important thing that has happened in this election. Let me tell you why. Because all business people are petrified of even opening their mouths. Yes, not just right. that. And they give money. He has got an okay on this. No, no, no. And he they've may got. Have got let an me okay finish. On this. Let me finish. And they all give money to both parties. Congress so is also taking money from from business. Madhubi. But uh-huh. but uh-huh. with Mukesh having bucked the trend. And and endorsing a Congress person now you see how they'll follow. Uska ne, uska ne, uska ne. They, they won't will. follow. There will be one one candidate, and there will be something else. There will be some other deal somewhere. That's okay. I don't you know, think so there's going deal. to be no. I you know totally see where we are coming from. We also assume that the the industrialists can do a hell of a lot without the government, no matter how rich you are. It is so not true. No, sure. It is sure so nobody not thinks true. that. Everybody, no, not even an Ambani. I don't think anyone nobody can, can do, do that. Nobody thinks you know, that because the because they have to talk, have, they, they have to discuss, to beg, to plead. I they don't know about on, that, but I'm course, saying that they all one business they have to negotiate to the government. Name one businessman except Ambani. जो भी वो करते हैं वो सरकार से पूछ के करते हैं. Exactly, that's not breaking news. They go in a delegation. The American delegation, business delegation, comes with Obama, telling Obama these are the terms we want. Our businessmen go with a, with Modi with mera khata ye mera ye please license de do main ye ye kar do they go to plead. Our businessmen are known. Kid, all they do is plead with the government. They've never shown spine. The only person who ever showed spine Premji. was Anuaga when she spoke against the 
Gujarat oh, Aziz killings. Premji, and Aziz Premji. Premji. That's all. Nobody else. And and this fellow Rahul Bajaj said something against Modi so, and he apologized. Uh, so I'm just day. saying, so what's the breaking news here? It, this happens all over the world. It's not unique to India. No. That the industrialists and the politicians no, it is all unique to India because industrialists scenes. around the world no, no, tell of course the they work behind the scene. The point I'm making listens. No. Only one. Only one. You watch and wait. The, only the one. point I'm making is not that they behind the, this is my limited point. This is an old one debt sec. which hmm. he's repaying now. Yeah, yeah but what the whole world knows it doesn't matter. after this, this is it. But after the fact that he can endorse a Congress candidate shows that he can piss off Modi and live with it. But my point is that today you, you have a rival channel which is something which is coming up which is going to gobble up news laundry whatever but which somebody somebody comes okay. along and says okay. I'm okay. going to I'm going to invest in you Niku but at the same time I have to place because it's an old debt I have to place XYZ in that channel this is my understanding with you is that okay and this is going to be the editor of the other channel you but think he did so, that that he asked Modi is that uh, okay no, I I'm just giving you another point of view. See, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm an author. I write novels. I, I sort of think... Uh, what are the scenarios think, that are playing? What, what are the scenarios that could be playing? So I'm just asking you, I'm asking so you in your wisdom uh, to consider this, that no. there is you, something that is happening okay. behind the scenes I have and point. we should all be sensitive to it. Okay, now I have another point. What happens when, say, somebody like... Daud, somebody crosses Daud, all right, and d- doesn't give his hafta. Hmm. What does Daud do? Does he let him go? Now, if he lets him go, it sets a precedent. Yeah. So he's caught. You can't slap a bully. Exactly. So Modi's in a position now that either he shows some teeth to Ambani that all of you can't do this, all of you can't, you know. Our side dealer. Yeah. <laughs> something yeah, okay. So, recommendations, starting with Madhu. Last week I was reading Rajat Gupta's book and that interview is done and I highly recommend it. Hmm. Kishwar, recommendation. Um, Other recommendation, than your book, Jalia Wala yes. 1919, The Real Story, that I'll recommend, Kishwar. You recommend something else you think our audience should read. Well, I, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go back in time a little bit because I was reading this uh, novel by Sarat Chandra called uh, Akri Prashan, The Last Question. And I think I would uh, recommend it highly because it just reflects how little India changes. You know, it was probably written about 100 years ago. But some of the arguments in that book are so powerful, all about whether there should be, you know, just Hinduism dominating, what is is the idea of India, what is the identity at the central, at the heart of the novel is a very strong female character uh, who's highly liberated for that time. So I think it's a it's a great novel. I would I would recommend it. Manisha? I will recommend the Indian Express uh, piece today, which explains the case against Sadhvi Pragya. I think everyone should read that. And the editorial that goes and with And the editorial also. also. Hmm. Anand? Okay, so just uh, seeing uh, 
this book and Nargis book I was reminded of Lord Desai's Meghnath Desai's book on Dilip Kumar Nehru's hero in the life of India I think it's a very well written book and those sometimes over intellectualizing the strands between the I mean strands between Nehru in India and uh, the cinematic personality of Dilip Kumar for his fascination adolescent fascination with Dilip Kumar and how the post independence India somehow reflected in the image of Dilip Kumar's various roles in various films and so that is a very good book I think second is uh, about Jalia Bagh I, uh, I would uh, recommend uh, the writings in a, a very small Hindi newspaper there was Pratap mm-hmm. and writings of Ganesh Shankar Vidyarthi in about Jalia Wala Bagh in Pratap I see so my recommendations are the following. Uh, one is Jalyawala Bagh, 1919, The Real Story by Kishwar Desai. Do Thank pick you. it up. I have worked with Kishwar. One thing I remember, Kishwar, is how how hard you worked and you went, I don't know how many days without a break. Remember, you had to anchor every day. Yeah. It was bloody ridiculous. Absolutely, man. yeah. So, day and night. Uh, yeah, day and night. It was yeah. like, and, and you had to show up because you used to roll live. Mm-hmm. At seven, you had to show up at like some six or five every Absolutely. single day without yeah. a break. Um, so yeah, do pick up this book. I'm sure Kishwar has worked very hard on it. The other recommendation that I have is this debate, the link is below, uh, where I argue why you should be allowed to make um, you know, appeals for votes on the base of religion or caste or any other demographic. Uh, I think without that, you're not a democracy if you kind of ban that. And thirdly, I recommend uh, Anand, read, uh, it's a podcast. It's on The Indicator, Why Introverts Get Paid Less. Uh, it's actually a study that shows that introverts are actually paid less than extroverts. Maybe it's why, it's, why are you pointing at Anand because he's an introvert because he's an introvert. No, I thought, he's, I thought he's written the piece. Not That's anymore. why I'm saying, are you, are you still an introvert? Not anymore. What are you today? Even odd. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Anand. I highly recommend Anand. No, when read he came, piece. he was an introvert. He never spoke. Now he speaks. Yeah, but still. So, you're an introvert. Well, pooch to leave him. No, no, it's, I am not used to such self-importance. So, so. <laughs> Answer mil gaya? Khao kari. kari. On that note, I thank you. Thank you, panel. Yeah, why is that a phrase? I love kari. I know kari. why. It's a Punjabi say, thing. But, but kari is the best. Kari is the best. Kari pakoda is the best. Favorite it's comfort food. What is Angriji? I have kari khai. You should say khao loki or something. Yeah, but khao kari. Khao kari. Khao kari. Khao kari. I love kari. <laughs> oh gosh, what, do, what is everybody hate? Locky. Locky. Cow Locky. Cow Locky. Cow Locky. From now on, it's Cow Locky. Cow Locky. Okay. So, Better uh, fitte mu. Fitte mu. <laughs> on that note, thank you panel. Thank you, Kishwar. Wonderful you. seeing you after so long. Thank you, Anand, Madhu, Manisha. Thank you all you listeners and subscribers who have been subscribing. You may have noticed this Hafta is outside the paywall. It's free. We're fixing our paywall. We are doing a whole lot of tech fix-ups here. Until those tech fix-ups are done. This podcast is available for free. We also have our other podcast, Daily Dose and The Awful and Awesome on their own channels on Spotify, Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. Do subscribe to newslaundry.com because without you, we will not be able to survive or thrive or grow because you don't take advertising rupees. We only take subscriber rupees because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers served. Write in to us with your comment critique to contact at newslaundry.com. I repeat, contact at newslaundry.com. If you have anything, you know, wonderful to say, you can leave it on my Twitter timeline. If you just have some abuse, you can always leave it on Anand's or Manisha's Twitter timeline. 
uh until next time thank you all goodbye pagdi sambhal jatta pagdi sambhal hoye pagdi sambhal jatta pagdi sambhal hoye All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.